that they, they miss the bottom because they're so worried and preoccupied and they start buying when the market's turning around, you know? Yeah, and at the end of the day, when do you buy? You buy in the market you're in. And John, exactly, well put. Welcome to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gostaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you live in New York City, you know how expensive housing can be, but the pandemic might actually be providing some more affordable opportunities. Let's listen in to hear John and Jonathan give their expert opinion on whether or not New York City apartments are finally affordable. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to John and Jonathan Sell NYC, our podcast. After our week off. What? Yeah, you said it right. I know we're out of practice. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got to say it was uh, a nice little reprieve having Thanksgiving um, and you know, and you and I, then we had it together. We spent it together. First, first holiday we've had together in our, in our tenure, 14 years. So, uh, and it was a nice, quiet, uh, uh, quiet Thanksgiving, a wonderful meal that you prepared. Thank Thank you. you And that you helped and your wife helped and daughter helped. (laughs) And, um, and then we saw your new house, which is extraordinary and beautiful and fantastic. And, you know, and, and big, really big. <laughs> anyway, so um, so today we're going to talk about, give our market um, updates, our takeaways from uh, the marketplace last week. And then we're going we're gonna to delve into the question, is New York, are New York City apartments finally affordable? That's kind of a broad question, but I think we can, I There's think- There's a big asterisk on that, affordable. I think that we can- hit away at it you know yeah, we'll, we'll take a shot that's right so without further ado why don't you give away your your takeaways from the market last well, week not not a big difference from when we spoke a couple of weeks ago uh we've that's had, pretty good which is good uh we've had a uh you know seventh straight week where the numbers the contracts signed were uh were better than what they were last year caveat being the end of last year was not uh last quarter of 2000 uh, 2019 was not a great quarter. I mean, it was, it was, the market was already down and had been declining for a couple of years since the beginning of 18. So it's not like we're talking about we're above where we were in 2016, 17 at the height of the market Yeah. in terms of numbers of transactions. But listen, anything is, anything is good. And, uh, and acceptable that's in the positive these days. So, uh, and then they, they actually, we got a statistic that said cumulatively over the last 15 weeks. So if you take the numbers from the last 15 weeks, you add them all up and versus year over year, so 2019 versus 2020, uh, we're up about 7% also in contract sign. So that, that all, uh, it, it's above and beyond just the seventh straight week. Cumulatively, we're also up, which is great. Um, how about yourself? Would you, would you again, decipher from the uh, statistics? Again, I like to look through the unit mixes. And so... You're the unit mix guy. Right. And so the, when we were talking first about the contracts which were signed, like 90% of the contracts were uh, in that 3 million and below category 
with most of those apartments trading under the million mark. And now the unit mixes are shifting. So the, the bigger apartments, the $5 million and above are actually over versus last year. So for this, this week, last week versus 2019, last week, uh, they've improved by two units. So that's good. And um, albeit, as you were saying, the numbers are lower than in their peak markets. <clears throat> Nevertheless, they're improving. So yeah. it's telling me that more uh, that the higher end buyers now where they're contracting, we don't know. Yeah. But you know, we can we'll speculate a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, and that's why we, we always have to look at the statistics contract signed versus sold and closed. We always have the delay that we talk about, 60 to 90 days, one over the other. Next week, we're going to try to get through a little bit more analysis on the statistics side. We do have, as we talk about each week, these weekly statistics that we get from Corcoran. Um, so we can kind of look at more cumulative numbers, which I think will be interesting to see 2019 versus 2020. Uh, and just sort of uh, trend, uh, look at a few more trends. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I like looking at numbers. I like looking at trends. And I think it, it's in, in, as informative uh, for, it's very informative for many people. So um, I as, think for our audience, what's really important, and this goes right into our topic for today, is New York City, are the apartments finally affordable? I think what's what's important for the people who are listening, who are contemplating either selling or buying the apartment, buying an apartment or selling their apartment is uh, the, the idea of, well, other buyers, particularly with these contracts going into, uh, you know, being signed, buyers are now moving in the marketplace, you know, at not only the lower end of things, but also on the higher end of things. So it's, it, it would, I would say, you know, cautiously optimistic People are not looking out at six months from now, but their time horizons, I always say the time horizon in Manhattan should be like five to 10 years, yeah. you know, um, not really two to four years. We don't really deal yeah. with buyers like that. The longer that you have to hold your apartment, the better off you're going to be in Manhattan. It is so, your friend, yes. Question for you. So is New York City, you know, finally affordable? Well, affordable, number one is we have to keep, everything's relative, right? The word affordable in general, you have to say, okay, well, is it, affor is it affordable for the masses? No, it's never been affordable for the masses. You know, there's, there's very few people in this world that can afford to buy a half a million dollar piece of real estate, you know, um, or a $300,000 piece of real estate. It is very expensive. So that caveat right out of the gates, uh, you know, it, it have prices gone from uh, 500,000 to 450 or 400,000, you know, 10, 15%. Sure, there's been a movement, but that is still unattainable for many, many people, most people out there. So now, of course, there's so much money in New York and Manhattan. Those are the people that we're talking about and talking to in specific when we use the term affordable. Um, it, I think what it it, what we what, what I skew it towards is, does it make it an attractive time to purchase, to get out there and look? And I think, listen, we've talked about it over the last few weeks. Um, uh, every Friday, we, I think we hint around it uh, when we talk, when we get on our podcast, which is, 
it is a good time to get out there and look, but that's for specific caveat, specific categories of buyers. Um, and it depends on which market you're in. So there are, of course, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that, um, that would never be able to afford a piece of Manhattan real estate. That's just, you know, it's for the, the, uh, the top earners in the world to own a piece of real estate here. So that's the first and foremost thing that I wanted to, to put out there. And I think it's uh, uh, important to start there because we're, we deal in a very small world here. Um, but if you look at the main points out there, rents, the rental market is extremely troubled right now. There I've never is so seen much it like this ever in my 20 plus years of selling real estate. Yeah. Never have seen the rental market as soft as it is. Yeah. And we have uh, uh, people, managers that have been in this, in the rental, really ingrained in the rental world for 25 years. And they've never seen anything like this. I mean, the, the numbers of inventory, the numbers of the vacancy rate and the numbers of empty apartments and the, uh, and, and how much flexibility there is in pricing right now is like off the charts. So it's, uh, of course, it, it depends even in that market, which market you're talking about, but pretty much across the board, and we're seeing it in our own inventory, uh, people are having to be very, very flexible, give away a lot of, you know, free months rent, pay the broker's fee, um, you know, yada, 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 to just get people to sign a lease and to, and to, uh, take over that apartment. So all of that softness in the rental market sh certainly draws a lot of people's attention away from the sales market because it's always a decision. Do we rent Do we, or do we buy? You know, that's generally something people always uh, look at. That's number one. Okay, is it a good time to rent or is it a good time to buy? If somebody's looking to buy for a long-term hold as a primary residence, it's a great time to get out there and look. It's still apartment driven because you're not buying a $5 widget here. You're investing no matter what, no matter what the discount is right now, it's still a lot of money. So, and you do need, as you said, very, uh, very accurately is you need to look at it as a longer term hold. You know, the, the closing costs are exorbitant here. The transfer fees that we pay, uh, as a buyer or as a seller are, are pretty substantial. So it makes it a much more, uh, much more of a long-term hold versus a, you know, a flip it sort of market. So and what we're also seeing is being, you know, doing this for a really long period of time is that for the first time in many years, we're seeing a, a, a real significant buyer's market. And we see price negotiability across the board. So in the apartments which we've uh, contracted with our buyers, we've seen price discounts in the eight to 10% range off of the current prices. But I've seen as low as 5% off of the apartment. Uh, in, you know, I've contracted in 5%, within 5% off of the, the, the asking price. It's going to be, as you said, apartment centric, neighborhood centric. And one of the things that I've been questioned about by buyers who actually watch this podcast, which is great, is 
I love it when they watch the podcast. I love the I love it too. I feel as though I've missed the boat on buying. That oh, I was gonna get ten to fifteen percent off back in May, April, May, but now I can only see five to seven percent off. I'm just using those numbers. Right. And I say, well, you cannot freeze frame the situation. We've got to look at where the apartments are trading now versus when they were trading two and three years ago when yeah. the market was really high because people don't realize that the market in Manhattan started to retreat in the beginning of 18. Well, it's the end of 2020. And then in the mix, we had COVID hit right as the market was starting to kind of rebound in the beginning part of this year. So there's a lot of factors that have to go into really working with buyers. And you said it, if you are a buyer in New York City looking to buy a primary residence and you have the money to do so, now is an excellent time because the inventory is up, you have much more choice and you can find very good deals in this marketplace. And we, you and I and our team have found very good deals for our buyers. So, yeah, but it's all buyers, relative. You like you said, it depends on what the asking price is. You know, right. so if somebody was getting 10% uh, off the asking price a couple months ago, even, you know, because people feel like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't going to buy an apartment site unseen. So, okay, the, the market opens up June 22nd. People go out, they start seeing places, and they were the first ones, the pioneers to like, okay, sign a contract. But prices were more unreasonable at that time. When that happened, there were very few sellers uh, that said, oh, okay, well, we need to adjust price for COVID. You know, they weren't there yet. And so, you know, the market has to sort of even out between uh, what the seller's expectations are and the buyer's expectations. So, so, so let me ask you a question. What actually happened that has made the market much more negotiable for the buyers? Well, we already talked about the rental market. The reason why the rental market has softened up so much is because who, who are the people that, you know, left the city? The people that left the city were the people that were mostly renters. So you have rent, two big caveats of people that, uh, two big categories of people that left the city. Renters who maybe their lease was up in April or May or June. And they said, you know what? I'm working remotely now. I don't need to be in the city. I'd rather go stay with my parents or stay at the family home or, or go somewhere where and rent. A, I have people that have rented places out in California. They're like, let's just get out. That's where their family is. And they just got out of the city. Very easy for them to vacate and, uh, and in the short term, leave the city. The other category is the uber wealthy, the people that ha already have a secondary home and already could get out of the city and work remotely, yada, yada. So all of those people leaving, their offices are closed. There's no reason for them to come back. Now that's gonna start changing as we reach the springtime. Uh, I think a lot of those offices are going to start opening back up, wanting people to, to show up in person again. Um, of course, a lot of factors still have to happen um and still need to that confidence needs to return in our covid numbers and we're going the wrong way right now in terms of the the rates going up and such um, but for the most part a lot of those renters which would typically be first-time home buyers or or just 
home buyers that are committed to coming back to the city, uh, those people are many times not here right now. Um, so that certainly has slowed our market down. And especially the market that typically continues to move, which are those first time home buyers, the one bedroom studios, one bedroom, small two bedrooms. Uh, so that market we're expecting will, will turn back up once those offices start to open back and get everybody back in the doors. I agree. And I think that um, just like we experienced during the financial crisis of 08, 09, 10, that there was an exodus from the city. And then it took probably about three years before the the buyers really started to significantly jump into the marketplace and that the market started to turn around. But here we have COVID. Now, what we've been told and what we're getting imminently is a vaccine. So whereas in the early part of the pandemic, when the city locked up, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. And what did we continuously say, not only on this podcast, but on all of our social media, which is Manhattan is here to stay. This is a temporary um, pandemic. This is a circumstance. We will get, get through this and we will move through this. However that happens, well, we're evidence that it is happening, that this market is fluid and it is continuing to move. Yes, did it bottleneck and did it stop? Yes, but now buyers and sellers are coming together and they're making the, they're consummating the deals. I think that once the vaccine is had and we're and it's filtrated through our marketplace, and then once the other venues, like all the Manhattan venues, can come back, the Metropolitan yeah. Opera, the Broadway houses, the concert halls, etc., that's going to be God willing. I need to see a show. Two years, me too. Two years out, but nevertheless, we're going to start to slowly get back to the way things had been. But they won't oh, they won't ever be the same way. They're going to be different and people are afraid of that. So there's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace. Yeah. But then what's really, really telling? What's really telling is from the commercial side of things and big tech companies. And guess where they're investing? New York City. So you have Amazon just bought the Lord and Taylor on Fifth Avenue. Facebook bought the Neiman Marcus in Hudson Yards, that beautiful Neiman Marcus. Facebook bought it. And then you have these big tech giants like Google building down in Hudson Square. And Disney, like you told me, very in Soho. Well, what are they really stupid the people? Are they really dumb? They're, they're, no, they're they've got a lot of people. Millions and millions and millions of dollars buying New York City real estate. I would venture to say that they're very, very, very smart. Yeah, and the the well, Google and Disney, they've been playing that that's been in the works for a while, but Facebook and Amazon, it's all new. They want to be here, you know? This is this is a big hub and will continue to be. So, if there's one thing we talked about this before, there's one thing we can count on is the resiliency uh, and the tenacity of of New York City as a whole. Without the a doubt. hub, we yes, we'll I, we'll get back to it. I want to go to a comedy club i want to go to a show i want to go out to a really nice i have gift certificates from last christmas that i can't believe i'm just hoping that that uh del frisco's is still in oh i know in, yeah it'll be around yeah i but, think but, but my also, mom picked that one out <laughs> two different clients who are selling apartments and then buying an apartment and the counseling on the list side of things is very challenging 
They've got to sell them at, they're selling at losses, but they're going to make it up in the buy because Manhattan is much more affordable. Their money's going further. So again, that's something that I think that if you can, you know, if you can afford to buy an apartment in Manhattan right now at any price point, um, I'd say that, you know, my money's on the, on the long-term hold of, of Manhattan real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both in the category of where we have, you know, cause we always work with different buyers and don't really cross over too much on our buyers unless we need help covering appointments and such. But I have buyers as well that are like, you know, they feel like right now is the time to get out there and, and find a place because they feel like the market in the springtime is going to really start to turn and we're going to have a lot of competition out there. I neither confirm nor deny that thought process because, you know, we are not foretellers of the future and I'm not going to say we're at the bottom of the market right now. Nobody can time the market. No. Um, and we've talked but, about it before. Most buyers re recognize that, that they, they miss the bottom because they're so worried and preoccupied and they start buying when the market's turning around, you know? Yeah, and at the end of the day, when do you buy? You buy in the market you're in. And John, exactly. Yeah. Well put. And like you saw your way clear to buying in the market that we're in and you did very, very well. I think that I hope so. important, we have a quote this week and I want you to read the quote because I think it's very telling about the mindset of Manhattan real estate then versus now. Yeah, it's very well put. It's a, a guy from the Washington Post, Stephen Perlstein, uh, where he said, over the over most of the past 20 years, real estate prices and rents have been driven to economically unsustain, unsustainable levels in big cities by well-educated young people eager to live in them, successful companies wanting to locate in them, tourists flocking to visit them, retailers demanding to sell in them, and in particular, investors eager to invest in them. The combination of insatiable demand and fixed supply drove urban land prices through the roof. And we saw that. I mean, that's been the bulk of our careers. It's has always been, in, been that way. Has been in crazy town, except, you know? Except now, the past two and a half, two years. Yeah. And then COVID really accelerated it because all these people flew out of the city. And now we have, um, we have people who are, they need homes, they need rentals, that we're putting people into rentals and we're, getting people into small apartments and larger apartments. And so- Well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and then, you know, the number one thing we're heading, uh, we're talking about heading into a recession, right? We're in a recession, COVID caused, but what do people typically buy during a recession? They buy real estate, they buy hard assets. And just because it's Manhattan, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it still conforms to that idea. Now, are there outside forces? Yes. Do we have an excess amount of inventory in some categories? Absolutely. At the very high end, which one could argue doesn't follow, you know, it's outside the realm of what these uh, normal recession rules are because it's the, it's the uber wealthies, you know, uh, playthings. But, um, but that is certainly where people place their money because it's something physically to purchase. It's something they can utilize at the time sure. and enjoy at the time. Uh, it's a home, so there's emotion wrapped around it. And real estate generally does really well in recession. So that is pushing through, I think, despite all of the, 
the uncertainty in the market, I think people at the core, people feel good about buying that. Uh, we're seeing it nationally for sure, but I think it's eked its way into Manhattan. That's why we're seeing the numbers that we're seeing versus 2019. Sure. So in, in recapping and, and, the, and, and, and in closing, let's, let's, like you said, put it into perspective. Okay, our unemployment rate in New York City is much higher than the national unemployment rate right now. It is because Manhattan was the epicenter of the COVID crisis. So we have a lot of people still out of work, more people coming back to work. We have an exodus out of Manhattan. We have more units on the market and we have um, some lower income wage earners who are simply not going to be able to afford a New York City apartment. They never will be able to. But if you are, let's say, a young banker or a young tech a startup guy or a tech or a, or a doctor or a lawyer, whichever your profession is, and you've been able to save your money and you have enough for your down payment and your post-closing liquidity, et cetera, now is a very, very good time to be in this marketplace. And there's a lot of money in New York City. There always has been and there always will be. And so that's one of my takeaways. And then also, if you're looking for a very, very expensive property in Manhattan. Call us. What are you waiting <laughs> for, folks? Not only should you call us, but you got a, a tremendous amount of leverage in this marketplace to get yourself a very, very significant piece of real estate at an incredible price, you know? Why would you buy Facebook at $250 a share when you could buy it at 100? Maybe I'm extreme, you know, whatever. 150. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe 200. But anyways, yes, it's a, it's a time to get out there and look, especially for those, those uh, categories of people that we talked about, the primary users uh, that are looking for, you know, at least a five to seven year hold, but the longer, the better. Uh, you're upgrading, you know, if you're going from a studio yeah. or one bedroom, you want to stretch to a two or a three bedroom. Now, certainly the time to do it. Um, not everybody's going to have the fortitude to, to make that move. What if you're a rental? What if you're a renter? Or a rental, yeah. It's a great deal on rental market. So, I mean, we have people getting incredible deals just to renew their lease. So, definitely, that is certainly if you're if you're committed to staying in a rental, get out there and look. Um, or and, negotiate. Yeah, negotiate your lease in. your lease extension. So, so listen, it was great. It was great being with you. I think we had a great topic today. Great to see you, buddy. You too. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy. And remain in gratitude. Remain in gratitude. We will see you next week, next Friday. And uh, enjoy the week. New topic, new week. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, johnandjonathansellnyc.com, or find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else with the handle at johnandjonathansellnyc. And if you want to grab the show notes, go to johnandjonathansellnyc.com slash podcast. If this show was entertaining, helpful, or informative, consider telling friends or family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts, and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. So subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.